Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, tonight we're going to be going back to um, a chapter in the book of Acts that we have been in for, I don't know, three or four weeks now. I don't remember just how long, but we're going to get another squeeze out of this tonight. And we're going to be talking tonight about missed miracles, okay? And uh, missed miracles, miracles that we can miss. We're also going to be talking about a little deliverance, deliverance from demonic uh, you know, possession and oppression and depression and, you know, all the woes and fears and all the ills that the devil wants to bring to us. We're going to be talking about uh, deliverance as well. So that's a, uh, you know, it's a very interesting topic. But tonight we're going to sit around center on the thought of missed miracles. And uh, the familiar passage we'll be using is in the book of Acts chapter 16. Uh, Acts chapter 16, in fact, gives so many examples of miracles that happened to the Apostle Paul within just a few days of, uh, you know, of, of him being in and around Philippi. And uh, the, the, the Apostle Paul, uh, you know... First off in Acts 16, he sees a vision, which is a miracle in and of itself. He sees a vision of a man saying, come over and help us. Now, the man was in Macedonia, which is, you know, today uh, Greece. And, uh, uh, you know, and he was over in what is today Turkey, just right across the Aegean Sea. And he saw a vision of a man saying, come over and help us. Now, I don't know who this man was in Acts 16th chapter, because when the Apostle Paul got there, he didn't first run into a man, he ran into a woman, you know. And we know the, the, the miracle that happened with Lydia and her household. We talked about that uh, this past week. But, uh, but the man, perhaps the man was an angel. Why not? You know, it would be uh, quite reasonable for an angel to say, come over and help us. Because men and women have been given the privilege of witnessing and carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. Even in Acts, the 10th chapter, whenever an angel showed up to Cornelius, he said, send for Peter and he will tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, whenever the apostle Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, was blinded and went into Damascus and, and there he needed, you know, to be told the gospel, needed to be prayed for, you know, the Bible says that, that Ananias was sent there by God in a dream, you know, and, and, and so uh, the, the Apostle Paul had a dream of Ananias coming. You know, it's, it's our privilege. Perhaps it was an angel that, that Paul saw saying, come over and help us, you know, because, you know, uh, uh, we are authorized. We are the ones. He may have needed someone authorized, someone privileged, such as you and me, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news with others. You know, God prepares fields into which he sends his laborers. And it's quite reasonable that God had prepared that field in, in Europe, over in Macedonia at that point, you know, and in, uh, in, in Philippi and on throughout the other cities. It was evident that God had prepared hearts, and most likely he had prepared those hearts through spiritual and divine intervention, through dreams, through visions, through, through uh, what men may have perceived as thoughts of their heart or of their minds, or people talking more about the Word of God or, or sharing the testimonies perhaps that they had heard. And so their hearts were ready, and, and we see miracle after miracle uh, 
uh, happening in Acts chapter 16. The salvation of Lydia, as I said, and her household. And, and then there's the story of Paul and Silas. You know, they were, they were taken into the marketplace, and, 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 and there was a mob there. And they, 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 they were stripped naked of all their clothes. And, and the magistrates had them beaten with rods and then carted off to jail. And the jailer felt threatened uh, and, and told, make sure you don't let these men go. And so he put them further down into the dungeon of that prison and put their feet in stocks and they had chains on. In fact, uh, you know, the chains were on many or perhaps all of the prisoners there. That jailer seemed to be a little insecure, didn't he? Uh, but, but a miracle happened as Paul and Silas were praying and singing at midnight and God sent an earthquake, a miracle, and, and the earthquake, you know, uh, shook so hard that the prison doors were opened and also the chains of all the prisoners fell off and all the prisoners got saved. The prisoners got a miracle, you know, and then the jailer got a miracle. I mean, the jailer and all of his household were saved and baptized that night. Isn't that amazing? Miracle after miracle. And then, as if that was not enough, there was a miracle of, 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 um, of the magistrates coming the next day and releasing Paul and Silas from, from jails and asking them in a, in very politely if they would leave the city, you know, and not cause any trouble because, you know... Uh, they were Roman, you know, Paul was a Roman citizen, and, and so the magistrates, the leaders of the city, were very afraid that he was going to complain to the Roman uh, um, administration that he had been mistreated as a Roman citizen and jailed without trial. And so, uh, you know, miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle happens, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's just amazing. Very familiar passage to most of you. Let's begin reading in verse 16. Now it happened as we, let me tell you who the we is. The we here is Paul and Silas and Luke and probably, you know, others, uh, probably Lydia and her household. They were accustomed to going down to the place of prayer. And so as we went to, this word prayer in the Greek literally means the place of prayer, not just going to pray. We were going out to the place of prayer, probably the same place where he had met Lydia and there she and her household had gotten born again and baptized. And so um, uh, that a certain slave girl possessed. You know what possession means? I mean, it means inhabited. It means that, that, that there was a demon living on the inside of her, controlling her. There was a demon empowering her to do devilish and demonic things, demonically spiritual things, okay? And so uh, this, this certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, met us who brought her masters this the her owners she was owned not just enslaved she was owned uh, she brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Can you imagine? Much profit. I mean, th th this just, just doesn't say profit, much profit. So they must have worked her a lot. She must have had to work long hours and long days because she was evidently very profitable and they got much profit from her. You know, most likely, and she was not just enslaved, but she was also uh, most likely abused. And, and uh, this girl followed Paul, the Bible says in verse 17, and us. Luke and Silas and the rest of them. And cried out, saying, These men 
are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, evidently, this was known to her by the Spirit. The Bible says spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Natural things are naturally discerned. But how in the world did she know that these men had come to show the way of salvation? How did she know that they were servants of the Most High God? How did she know that? Well, she knew it, no doubt, by the Spirit that possessed her. Most likely, she had a, had, 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 a, had a spirit of intuition, a spirit of divination. To divine means to know something, to cast lots, or to know something by some other means than by the Spirit of God. And so to be determined by some other means, this spiritual means. She knew that these men had a light on the inside of them, and they had come to show them, they'd come to show us the way of salvation. She had evidently spiritually discerned this, because this, this evil spirit was on the inside of her. And this she did for many days. Day after day after, what did she do for many days? Well, she followed after Paul and the rest of them, crying out, these are the servants of the Most High God. They have come to show us the way of salvation. And uh, after she did this for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, motivated, worked up, inspired, aggravated, uh, upset, all this word annoyed means worked up, basically. Worked up to action, to do something. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that hour. And, uh, but, but when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, evidently she wasn't good at this anymore. Evidently she didn't know, didn't, 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 couldn't tell fortunes anymore. Evidently, she was not accurate anymore. And when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, you know how the Jews are, these men, they're, they're, they're not just normal men, these men are Jews. I know you may not can tell, but they're Jews. Yeah, they're, they're, they're speaking, they're Romans speaking to a Roman, uh, you know, Gentile group here and magistrates of a, of a Roman town. These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, because we're Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitudes rose up together, basically a mob, against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they beat them pretty good. They're naked. They're beat up. Then they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now... What is this story about? What is, this, what is Acts chapter 16 all about? You know, this is, this is one of the hearts of the miracles. I mean, there's a story about Lydia and this jailer and, you know, uh, and, and, and being put in jail. You know, there, there's all these, all, all these stories. Many miracles in Acts chapter 16. Just in the few days that Paul was in 
Philippi. But what is this story about in Acts chapter 16? Well, it's a story about deliverance. It's a story about deliverance from demonic possession. It's a story about deliverance from mean masters. It's a story about deliverance from prison and chains. It's a story about deliverance from fear and insecurity. It's a story about deliverance from sin and even from death. It's an account of being delivered. Delivered by the name of Jesus. Delivered because Jesus has a plan and a purpose. Delivered because you're loved, you're cared about. Even in your situation, even in your Gentile moment, even in your worst day, even when you are bound up in fear and insecurity and enslaved and and abused and and, uh, afraid, yet there is an almighty God that has a plan. And in the name of Jesus, this whole chapter is about deliverance. But who is the story about? You know, if you're not watchful, you'll read Acts chapter 16, and you could get off track imagining that Acts chapter 16 is about Paul and Silas. Because they seem to be the main characters throughout Acts chapter 16. Because they're the ones that are out there doing all these things. And, 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 you, know, and, and, and you know, prison doors are opening for them. And, and, you know, I mean, it's just amazing. They're having visions and having dreams and they're worshiping God. And if you're not watchful, you could think that this story is about Paul and Silas, but it is not. Acts chapter 16 not about Paul and Silas. It's about Lydia and her household. It's about the jailer and his household. It's about the prisoners. and it, it, It's about this precious woman who was bound by Satan in a situation that she could not change. We often pass right by the story of this slave girl. Think about it now. I don't think I've ever heard a message on this slave girl. In fact, I read commentaries this week. I read quite a number of commentaries, and not one person focused on the slave girl. I looked around trying to find a message on the slave girl. Couldn't find one. There's probably one out there. You know, I'm not necessarily an exhaustive uh, researcher, but I do pretty well. I spend a lot of hours looking, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, but we often pass right. I know I've passed right by. I have never preached about the slave girl. Oh, I've read about her in me going to preach about the jailer or me going to preach about Paul and Silas or going to preach about the beatings or, or political injustice. I've, 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 I've preached about the slave girl. I've, you know, mentioned her, but I've never focused on her. We pass right by her. We miss the miracle if we're not watchful. We imagine, perhaps, I don't know what you've imagined, but let me imagine that, 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 that someone has imagined that perhaps this slave girl is evil. She represents, I mean, python, spirit, I mean, this slave, I mean, come on now. She's a, she's a diviner. She's a, she's a fortune teller. I mean, fortune tellers are evil. She should be put to death. Who has any compassion on her? Well, Jesus did. We may never even consider her at all. We may never wonder how she felt about this day. Or what brought her to the moment. Or why was she following Paul and Silas every day, crying out. They're from the Most High God. They've come to show us the way of salvation. 
Bless her heart. Bless her heart. She was a slave. Bless her heart. She was abused. Bless her heart. She was possessed. Bless her heart. She was evidently worked very long and very hard and taken advantage of and, 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 and you know, not given any just compensation. And, and, and you know, perhaps she saw something that gave her a reason to hope. Maybe what she saw was a light that she had never seen before. Maybe what she, she heard was a name that she had never heard before. Maybe what she hoped was a hope that she had never heard before. Maybe what she wanted was to be seen by Paul and Silas. She saw them. But she wanted to be recognized by them. This slave girl knew the way to salvation, but she was possessed by a demon and owned and used by men. She was set free because Paul acted. You know, having studied this from this perspective, I no longer imagine the Apostle Paul was just mad. That's kind of what that connotates if you just read over it at face value. That he was walking along and he just got tired of this woman screaming at him all the time. And he turned around and shut her up. I don't think it was that demon following them and saying that. Because I don't think Paul would have gotten annoyed at the advertisement or at the recognition. If it was just at face value. I think Paul was annoyed at that spirit because he didn't turn around and speak to the woman, shut up. He turned around and said to the spirit, come out of her. Not much different than the demoniac of Gadara who, when Jesus stepped onto the shore, this man who was possessed by a legion of demons came running and fell down at Jesus' feet. And there is indication uh, from, from one of the Gospels that he began to worship Jesus. But, 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 but you know, all of a sudden, the demons started to speak out of him. And the demons started to say, we know you. Do you've come to torture us before our time? And Jesus commanded them to leave that man. And that man was found clothed. And, and he had been formally chained up and had been formally breaking the chains and, and had been, you know, uh, you know, wreaking havoc on the community. And he was found, you know, free and in his right mind and clothed. And he even asked Jesus, can I come and follow you? And Jesus said, no, basically, go back home and tell people, become a testimony, become an evangelist for me. And that man left there as an evangelist. And there's some indication that later on, the next time that Jesus came into that region, that the Bible says that people came from everywhere to see Jesus. They came and poured out of that whole region. I personally imagine and believe that it's because that man went out testifying everywhere of the freedom that happened to him. Just like Jesus who, who healed that blind man and the blind man was later, you know, came, you know, arrested and brought in along with his parents and said, what happened to you? You know, what, what are you doing? And the man said, hey, look, you know, all I know is I was blind and now I see, you know. I'm, I, I don't think that man was too much caught up in the politics of the whole thing. I don't think he cared what other people thought about it. Because I think what happened to that man was every morning 
when he got up and his eyes were opened, I think he was praising the moment that he met Jesus and nobody else remembered him. We never hear about him again. I think it's much the same as Peter and John as they were in Acts 3 and 4 going to the temple and they met this lame man, and, and the lame man was healed. And later on, Paul, uh, uh, Peter, rather, and John were arrested, and, 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 and they were threatened. And, and, you know, and, I mean, yeah, people get beaten, and yeah, but, but let me tell you what the miracle was. Is the lame man God healed? Yeah, a lot of the political leaders, a lot of the leaders of the community, a lot of people had problems with it. You know, a lot of people will have problems, but it's not about the problems. Sometimes the problems of the moment, sometimes right after the miracle, things can happen, and it looks like things blow up in the demonic realm trying to cover over what Jesus just did for some lonely and lost soul. But let me tell you, that lonely and that lost soul does not forget where they were before they met Christ and what happened to them after they met him. Oh, I don't want to miss the miracle because of the politics of the day. I don't want to miss all that God is doing because whenever we leave the house of God, hearing the testimonies of all the things that are going around around the world in the name of Jesus and people being fed and people being healed and people getting saved and what we heard this past Sunday of gangsters and, and criminals surrendering their, their, their arms and their weapons because they got born again in the name of Jesus. I don't want to leave here and go home and turn on the news and let that overshadow the miracle and miss the miracle of this young lady getting delivered from a demon and no doubt, knowing the way of salvation, giving her heart and her life to that way that changed her that day. My goodness. There's no doubt that this woman never forgot. It reminds me of an account found in Luke, the 10th chapter, of Jesus correcting his disciples. They were thinking that one thing was very important and they needed to pay attention to one thing and jesus said no you're paying attention to the wrong thing he sent out disciples he gave them power over demons to cast them out and to heal diseases and they went out and 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 and, and they did and and they came back and told jesus the report and they said in the 17th verse of chapter 10 in luke the 70 returned with joy saying lord even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power, the abilities of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, let me correct your doctrine. Hope you don't miss the miracle. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. You're not rejoicing in the power of the moment, in the prestige of the moment. What you got to realize here is the purpose. Do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let me tell you what the real miracle is. It's a woman getting set free on the road that day. It was worth the beating. It was worth the prison. It was worth this being stripped naked. It was worth being, being you know, uh, ridiculed. It was worth the world not understanding and fighting against it. But the truth is the woman was set free. It's worth it. 
It's worth it for us to speak the name of Jesus. It's worth it for us to tell the truth that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's worth it even against all of the odds, even against the political wrangling, even against the struggling, even against the sentencing of some that are experiencing it around the world and even in the United States of America. It's not far-fetched to imagine that we too in the living uh, church of the living God may one day face a choice of telling the truth and going to jail or falling in line with the political narrative of the day. The mob said, the accusers said of Paul and Silas and the others, they're telling us to do things that's not lawful for us to do according to the law of the Romans. They're teaching us to do things that aren't, that, that's not lawful for us to observe. I'm telling you, go to school and witness for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, don't let anybody become your God, the voice of God for you, that you need to follow and obey the Word of God. And yes, you can at times find yourself in a position of do I obey Jesus and pay for it or do I follow the narrative of the current laws that forbid me to do these things? That's what Paul and Silas faced in Acts 4. And they said, whether it's right for us to obey God or to obey you, you'll have to be the judge. I know that's a hard word. That's a difficult word. It's not, it, you know, it, it's not promised to be easy. Life, however, is about deliverance. It's about salvation. The most important thing is how we can affect souls for Jesus Christ. Acts 16, again, is not about Paul and Silas. It's about the lost and hurting prisoners who were in chains. It's about the jailer and his family. It's about Lydia and her household. It's about this young girl who I can imagine followed them by choice, crying out every day, wanting to be heard, wanting to be free. Paul knowing he was going against current law, set her free in the name of Jesus. Deliverance from demonic oppression, depression, possession, cruel masters of this life, the saddest state of those who fail to see a better way. God gives deliverance from sin and sickness and poverty and worry and fear and death and defeat. When we call upon the name of Jesus, when we offer the name of Jesus as a remedy, as a solution. You see, the name of Jesus is what Paul offered as a solution to her. What did he offer to the jailer? Believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household will be saved. What did he offer to the prisoners? They saw him worshiping in his midnight hour, through his pain, lifting up the name of Jesus. What will we do? Should it ever come our turn, will we dare to speak the name of Jesus? Will we dare to speak to the spirits that control, possess, oppress, depress those around us? Will we dare 
to command them to loose these enslaved people and let them go. Well, let me encourage you. Speak the name of Jesus. Don't forget what it's all about. It's about the person who needs deliverance. I promise you, they won't miss their miracle. I don't want to miss it either. Don't let the world overshadow all the wonderful things that God is doing in, around, and through you. Don't miss the miracle. Thanks again for joining us for another exciting message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.